Hello all, and welcome to Brewing with Jim, hosted by Jim Brewington. Jim is a pastor and a teacher, and has served in these roles for the past 45 years. He has worked in small churches and megachurches, primarily as a teacher serving both the hearing and the deaf population. We have surveyed the students here at CVCS and do our best to create a genuine conversation around the talking points the students want to know most about. Thank you all for listening and taking time to brew on Life's Questions with Jim. Hello all and welcome to Brewing with Jim. I am your producer, Grady Sanchez, and as always, we have Jim. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Hi, Grady. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, listeners, I missed you, uh, or perhaps you missed me. I missed you. Uh, we took a couple of weeks off. We planned to never do that again. I'm glad I'm back, and I'm glad you are too. Yes, thank you all for listening. What a show we have to kick off after our break here for Thanksgiving. And it comes in the light of the holiday season. We have Christmas coming up here soon, and I have a question that we've tackled uh, before. It's strong in the Christian faith. It is, is it better to give or receive? Oh, well, well, if um, that, that verse is uh, often misquoted, it's actually, is it, it's more blessed to give than to receive, but I think it's more difficult to receive. I think it's really tough to receive properly. Uh, and I could, if we want to talk about gift giving, is that what we want to talk about? Gift giving, compliments, give, okay. along the lines of uh, either way, you give something and then you get something. So okay. what are your thoughts? Uh, let's do it. Um, if we go back, okay, we go back in history here. We go back to ancient Egyptians. Uh, I've never actually met an ancient Egyptian. I've met some really old ones, but not ancient. Back in ancient Egyptian history, um, deceased Egyptians were given gifts after, at their, when they died. And uh, they were buried with these gifts, and they were things that were anticipated to be needed in the afterlife. And maybe it was food. Uh, don't forget to throw in a can opener. And maybe it was uh, just something really simple like a jacket that they would give. But expensive gifts were given by rich ancient Egyptians. And that might include um, jewelry, might include furniture, maybe a... It's quite the tomb. Maybe I was I thinking, how big does the tomb have to be? Maybe put in a uh, hide bed in case there were guests. Those all these things were given uh, to the ancient Egyptians, and I get, oh wow, um, a gift. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, should I open this now, or should I wait until I'm dead to open <laughs> the? Um, the average Egyptian corpse I would get all of these things, and they were anticipated. Uh, the need was anticipated, I guess, by the donor. I can't imagine, well, I guess I could imagine, that an Egyptian would write out a list of things that he wants. That's their to, last to be, will and testament. Well, there it is, you know. I think I'm going to need this, and don't forget the... Don't forget a book. I'm an avid reader or a scroll. And don't forget all these things that I think that I need. And here's my list of those. Um, the, 
donors probably gave these things to avoid stigma or shame because it was culturally required that you give. And all the elements, if that's the case, that they were required to give, all the volunteer elements of the gift uh, are absent. There was no warmth. There was no, uh, I saw this and thought of you. Uh, there's that cordiality, that interaction, the fondness that you have for somebody that you give a gift to. Um, it was all gone, if it's required. Now, fast forward to, uh, from ancient Egypt to USA today, um, and let's talk about Christmas gifts maybe for a moment. Um, forget Santa and forget the children. Let's just talk about adults uh, who observe Christmas, family members, friends. How do they select the gifts? And I've got to preface this with, I am the worst in the world. I am the absolute worst gift giver, a gift selector. Uh, and if you would like uh, confirming evidence of that, just talk to Debbie, my wife. I, I, it's horrible. And I get anxious when Christmas is coming and when birthdays are coming and Mother's Days are coming because I am so bad at this. I'm much better at receiving than I am at giving. But that was just a preface to how do you select the gifts. Some people, probably many people, make a list of what they would like to have for Christmas. And some of them are so detailed that if I'm going to ask for a shirt, I'm going to ask for the size, I'm going to ask for the color, right down to the die lot number. I, I'm going to ask, oh, I can provide on my list the Costco item number, if that would be helpful for you. Well, that takes the burden off the uh, giver. All you have to do is go get it. But I'm thinking, why don't you just order this from Amazon instead of telling me I'll order it from Amazon and give it to you? I don't like that, that whole idea of making a list for somebody else. So when someone asks me, uh, what do you want for Christmas? I will not give them an answer. I mean, I will acknowledge that they asked the question, but I'm not going to give them a list because I would rather have them choose something for me uh, and then I would treasure whatever it is they give to me. Now, if you're talking about a gift from a company because they want your business, that, that throw that out and throw the gift out too. We don't need either one of those. Uh, maybe uh, the department head of your uh, place of employment, uh, the boss wants to give you a gift. He just has the uh, assistant, the executive assistant, uh, go into the stock room where all the gifts are all lined up and you can just pick something and you came up on somebody's tickler and all those gifts I, I don't care about. But what I'm talking about now is a heartfelt selected gift that you give to somebody and, and they receive it. Now, what if somebody gives me the ugliest shirt? And I'm talking hideous. This thing is just ugly, ugly, ugly. I will wear it. I will keep it. If the size is wrong, I might exchange it for the right size, but it would have to be the same shirt. And why would I do that? I would wear it. I would keep it because it reminds me of the person 
who thought of me, who is fond of me, uh, my friend, my family member. And they're not just checking off a box from a list that I gave them. So I would use it if it's something that's useful. Uh, even if it's not useful and I don't need it, I would try to use it. I would certainly keep it. Uh, Regifting, I would never regift and give that same thing to somebody else because the donor is more important than the gift. The giver is more important than the gift. And I want to honor the giver. It's not about me. Uh, it's about them. It's not about the gift. It's about me uh, receiving the gift. So I think it's more difficult, more complicated maybe, uh, to receive a gift than it is to give one. And that notion will probably turn the minds of many people who are listening to us right now. But that's where I stand. That's what I think. Um, and I get that idea from God's Word. The greatest gift that was ever given was the gift of Christ himself. And that gift is to be mimicked by us as we express love to other people, even a fondness for other people, as he expressed love to us. And his gift was unexpected, although I don't know why it was unexpected, because there were 300 prophecies or so that this was going to happen. He would sacrifice uh, his uh, life for us. Um, it was unrequested, no list. It was given in a different form than we ever thought a gift should come to us in this form. All love requires sacrifice. There's no exception to that, I'm sure. And so he gave us this gift. We are to give celebrating his birth in the same way. That's the purpose of the Christmas gifts. But Grady, it's become so commercialized. And so, and, and we start, I think part of your question was, uh, do we start at Thanksgiving? Do we start? We've forgotten Advent altogether, which is the four weeks preceding Christmas. We've forgotten that Christmas has 12 days. Remember the song, the liturgical year, the liturgical calendar has 12 days uh, of Christmas. Uh, most of that, except for highly strict liturgical churches, is thrown out altogether. Um, Christmas gift giving uh, should be compared to the gift of Christ himself. And that's my a summary of my thoughts on this subject. What do you think? I, I lean both ways. Um, with my family, like my mom, my dad, kind of growing up, they'd always like, what's your, what's your Christmas list? And even to the day, it kind of still runs that way. So I am partial to sending them my short list or sending them a link and then kind of just expediting that process. Um, a link? Yeah. Well, Amazon link, like this is what I would like. And it <laughs> well, just, there you are. Yeah, it simplifies that. Uh -huh. When it comes to friends or maybe I'm going to maybe like a party and there's a host or, well, more specifically with my wife, I take the time to maybe listen over the course of the year and have a stash of things that she has mentioned that she likes. <laughs> I keep a record of that so that way she, she knows that I'm listening to her. And... Thanks, babe. I love you. Um, and so <laughs> it's it's a lot easier on me to make that decision. And in my class, 
I believe it was yesterday or two days ago, one of my students was asking me, like, what do I get for my dad? And I think that is one of the hardest questions to deal with in the holiday season is because... Be easier to explain the calculus problem. Yeah, what do I get for my dad who has everything? And then it's like, what does he like to do? We don't know. I'm like, okay, maybe get to know your dad. Um, But the hard part as an adult, as being a dad now and being in that framework, I never understood as an adult, like I have the money to go buy something. I will just do it for myself. So what do you get somebody in that season? And Well, that's an issue. I mean, that most of us are blessed enough that if we need something, we just go get it. Yeah. Not if we want something that's right. big. And, but, but my needs are, or my wants are very small, mm-hmm. really. I lead sort of a simple life. I don't need a lot, the latest and greatest electronic devices mm-hmm. and so forth. But that's what we do. We just go get whatever it is we need. If my family can afford it, I could probably afford it too. Yeah. So that's when dads out there just get uh, socks all the time because, you know, we're always working on our feet <laughs> and our socks run out. And every year when I get socks, I am fired up. Like Dude, the best pair I've of got socks. So like, many <laughs> socks. We have a box of them that I keep in the storage unit. I have enough socks. Thank you. Yeah, socks and neckties, and I don't even wear neckties. I chose a whole career path so that I wouldn't have to wear a necktie. And then uh, kind of on the gift-giving side, with my Amazon link, I got a present, and it came here early because I, I was like, hey, Mom, Dad, like this is what I would like. There's a Black Friday special going on. If you want to send it to the house, that would be great. And they did. It came shortly after. Uh-huh. And my daughter knows all about this this gift, and – she wanted to open it. I wanted to open it. I like, I just want that thing now. And it was a little bit of controversy inside of the family because nobody was necessarily here to open it. But we were, the nice part about technology in some cases is like, I put them on FaceTime and, and we were all in the moment together, whether through technology or at a distance. But my daughter, when she got that thing, it w- there was no tearing her away. There was no saying no to opening that present, whether it was for her or for, for me. But like the joy that she had and how much she had invested into that moment and her emotions was just it, – it, that part is like when you give or receive, seeing that in action with a four-year-old just exploded my yes. mind yeah, and sure. took it to that next level where – even though my, well, my mom said yes, my dad said no, don't open it. And like seeing her on the phone and just be like that much energy, that much emotion towards something that she was about to receive. Like there is so much joy in providing that little notion. And even though, and even then some of the cases when I give my daughter a present or we spend a little more more money, just it kind of makes it worth it for me just to see that reaction in her. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Let me tell you something uh, that is going to be a big change in our family, in our culture. Uh, and I found out about this yesterday. And that it, from when I was my earliest memory of Christmas up until last Christmas, which has been quite a few years, we have always had the tree, the presents, the opening of the presents on Christmas morning. I think we went through a phase where we opened one on Christmas Eve. And we savor 
every gift. Not everybody at one time in this big chaos. We open it. We open them slowly. We look at them. We admire them. Uh, I have to take some sort of clipboard and pencil. I still use that stuff and write down who's from what and so forth. And we had way too many gifts. My uncle or my brother, kid's uncle, and uh, my sister-in-law come over with a car full of gifts. And we have plenty of gifts that we give to each other. Okay, we get through with all of this. And by the way, it takes forever. We start maybe 9 o'clock in the morning because we don't have little kids running down the stairs anymore. And we break for lunch. And then we continue after this is more like brunch. And at the end of this, it's like the end of Thanksgiving. I had way too much. And we sit down and think, this was decadent. This was more than, we really don't need to be doing this. And we've said that for several years, and we still do it. This year, we're not doing it. We have decided as a family that we are going to not exchange gifts this year. And we're going to spend the money that we would have used to buy gifts for each other and buy gifts for a family that's in need. And how we're going to select that family is not clearly defined yet. We're not quite sure. But that's a huge culture change for us. And we all agreed almost instantly that, yes, let's do this. And we'll see uh, how, how it goes. I think it's going to be more satisfying. It's going to be more sacrificing. It's going to, the joy you talked about, the little kids opening the gifts, imagine a family having this. Now, we're not going to give money to an institution or to a charity. I think that the gift exchange should be face-to-face. And so we're going to do that, not because I want them to admire me. I want to enjoy them as they open these things and or at least receive them. So there's a big culture change. Yeah, and uh, building those traditions with families. And we're in the stage of life where we have the four-year-old and the Little one-year-old kids. running down the stairs right. looking forward to those th- those times. And even though we're not big Santa people, we still relish in the idea of gift-giving and being with each other and building those uh, moments and those traditions with each other as a family. Uh, one that now, Let me I, ask you this. Have yeah. you spent New Year, uh, Christmas Eve up way too late putting toys together? For kids, or do you buy these things already assembled? We had to put things together. We we open them and then we assemble them with them. So oh, we really? don't we don't preassemble and then wrap. We we just keep it in the box and then. Well, my daughter really likes to help put things together. She's a great helper, so she's the first one to go grab a screwdriver. And when I was putting together my my gift <laughs> that I got because I got the yes from my mom, she was like, "This is my wrench. This is an Allen wrench. This is my screws." Like. She was hands-on and helped me build the whole thing, and I love that moment. That is one of my favorite moments as a dad and being able to put it together with my daughter, and she feels invested into that process too. Okay. Well, I, that's different for me. Yeah. We spent all night, it seemed, putting things together. Wouldn't the kid enjoy the bicycle better if it's already together when they come down the stairs? I don't know. But you're saying the putting it together is fun for them. Yeah, it's fun for me as a dad because I get to teach them that skill of a screwdriver okay, in any just, moment I can. You just taught me something. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, in those traditions, I grew up having a live Christmas tree. 
Now, my wife is, um, she comes from a family who's stored, they have a family store that's based in interior design, and come October, it's winter wonderland in there. They have a dozen trees, they're decked to the nines, they got flock trees, <laughs> pink trees, upside down trees, they got candy trees, they got all, all the trees, all the gifts, and that's what their company does. And so when we got together, there she was a big artificial tree person. It, it like shook me to my core for a little bit. Now I'm an artificial tree guy. And I just say, put it up, let's decorate the thing. And it just makes my life easier with cleanup and, and that whole bit. Cause it doesn't make you an artificial guy. It does not. What are your thoughts on holiday setup? Oh uh, is it gosh. too soon? Is it too, is Thanksgiving too soon? Oh, my is goodness. Our store gets up where the, on the retail side. So it's October for us. And then we put our tree up right before Thanksgiving, or we use the Thanksgiving week to put it up. Is that too soon for Christmas lights? Are you alive? Uh, do you like a live tree? Do you like an artificial tree? What the are your thoughts? The idea of a live tree, the conifer, the evergreen, is to represent the everlasting life of Christ. That's what the tree is all about. It's not, I don't know, the artificial trees. We have artificial trees. We have two. And, uh, yeah, we put them up, but they're green. Have you ever done the flock thing, the pink flock tree? That, that to me, is um, – everybody wants to do it once. Nobody wants to do it twice. No, in the store, we, we have a flocked tree, which is just a white-themed, and it's a lot of crystal on the tree. And then we have a pink tree, which is my wife's favorite, which is a pinked flock tree. And everything there is, like, rose gold, gold, silver, pinks and so it all matches but setting it up and unboxing it and then having to clean it up every day when i worked at the store it um i don't know if the benefit outweighed the cost I, it did no it did not it did not at all i grew up in the anglican church and in the end it's pretty highly um uh, a church that adheres to the church calendar the yearly calendar the liturgical uh calendar and we observed Advent, and our family observed Advent. And then uh, on Christmas Eve, early in the day, we would go to the church and have what's called the hanging of the greens. And the greens would, the whole church would be decorated uh, with the hanging of the greens, which represents the everlasting life that we have because of Christ. And then we go to the Christmas Eve service, it was a midnight service, uh, started at 11.30, I think, and the church would be decorated for the first time, and the church decorations would be up until Epiphany, the 12 days of Christmas. Well, that is almost unheard of in local homes to do anything like that. Um, I think before Thanksgiving is a little early. It, this is all a cultural and personal preference, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the upside down tree. We had a family one time who always had their tree, a live tree. Uh, well, it was cut and uh, would hang upside down in their living room. Why in the world would you do that? To keep the dogs off the tree. I said, oh, okay. And that became part of their family tradition. I had uh, this year an idea that I thought was an outstanding idea. And that is, let's go get a live conifer in a pot and put it inside for the Christmas, take it outside when Christmas is over, care for it, water it, nurture it, and bring it back in again next year and do the same routine over and over so that we could have this live tree. 
So yesterday, uh, we went to a nursery. I called ahead, do you have conifers? Yes. Uh, he asked me how tall. I said, I don't know, uh, four feet, four and a half feet, five feet, something. I don't want a huge. would be heavy to lift. Yeah, yeah would be impossible. So uh, we went there, and it was a terrible idea because the trees that are the right size, they live, according to the expert there, about seven or eight months in a pot like that, and then they have to be planted. And so they have room to grow. That's what they want to do. They want to grow. So um, we abandoned that idea. The next thing I'm thinking is, is the size of the tree important? And I think it isn't. I think we have a high table that we could put it on and just have one that's, what, maybe two feet tall. And then I could have the in and out idea going with the uh, using the tree over and over again. I don't really have a preference. Commercializing, they start uh, when? Right after 4th of July, and they put all the, uh, all the stuff. They want to sell merch. They want to get money, make money. That's fine. They can do that. But in my home, um, maybe after Thanksgiving. When do you decorate? It kind of depends on our own schedule. We did before Thanksgiving because we threw a little uh, Thanksgiving party and we wanted it to be uh, fall related. And then we also were just unboxing things. So we were like, let's put up the Christmas tree too. And we had time to do it. So we did it then. And then this week, um, like the first week of December, I think is when we try to do the lights typically. And so it all kind of just fluctuates on our time. But finding the time with family is kind of the harder parts to do things mm -hmm. for us. And mm -hmm. so it's when we have an open moment in in the framework of about Thanksgiving to the first week of December. And that's when we like to spend time with each other, setting up things and yeah, unboxing okay. and un unveiling everything. What color lights do you put on the tree? It came with lights. So we have the artificial <laughs> tree that has lights inside of the tree already. And they have a white setting, they have a color setting, and then they have oh, of a, course. a blinking white setting and a blinking color setting oh, and an goodness. alternating blinking setting. Uh -huh. And so it is... No live candles on the tree, though. No, That's what no, they used to do. No live candles. 1800s. My, my dad is a firefighter, so if we had any candles in the house <laughs> with real flame, he would just blow it out and throw it outside. Uh -huh. um, and then... But our tree, I have... My wife is wonderful. I have two girls, so my tree is pink, and I have a the couple. The tree itself is pink? The, all the ornaments in the room. Oh, the ornaments. Okay. And yeah, all of that is pink and uh, my wife's favorite color. And then all of my ornaments. I have like a football, a baseball ornament, and a penguin ornament. And that's, I think, all I have. I like to, the multicolored lights. Yeah, those are fun. I don't like blue. I've seen trees and houses decorated with all blue lights. It's cold. Isn't blue the coldest color? Yes. <laughs> And uh, I, it, I think I'm in Iceland or Antarctica or something. I don't like blue. Uh, it, the hue is okay, but the effect it has on people is uh, yuck. But anyway, um, I think the important summary here of all this conversation is why are we celebrating Christmas anyway? Um, and we're doing it to remember our Lord and his incarnation his sacrifice for us, all love requires sacrifice. He had the greatest sacrifice for us in order to give as he gave and to observe as he observed, uh, as he is to be observed, 
we need to keep that in mind and all these details are become unimportant as long as the memory is not commercial and is him. Hmm. Very good. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time, Jim. As always, this is Brewing with Jim and Brewing on Life's Questions with Jim. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys very soon. Next week. The topics covered and answers offered in Brewing with Jim mine the wisdom attained from a life of pastoral ministry and care. They do not constitute professional or clinical training or expertise in the areas of counseling or mental health. CBCS and its podcast network want to provide a platform for the discipleship of our community. Brewing with Jim is our attempt to foster that environment in a format that is accessible and open for all to partake in. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and may or may not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Capistrano Valley Christian Schools or its faculty. The material and information presented here are for general information purposes only. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.